What's up, everybody? This is FTW with Ahmad Khan. I'm your host, Ahmad Khan, and joining me today on this imaginary interview edition is reporter Stephen Asarch. Howdy. First, KDA. Wright created a fake social media account for Seraphine, which is a champion in League of Legends, but she's also a pop singer in a virtual group called KDA. It started off as a virtual pop group that went viral in 2018, and this year, Riot Games brought KDA back for Worlds 2020. On Invent Global, author Laura Lunardi published a fake interview with Seraphine. Of course, Seraphine doesn't actually exist. So Stephen, when we were talking about this earlier, you thought it might be an ad. I spoke to Jacob Wolf over at ESPN, and he didn't believe so. Regardless of if it is an ad or not, what is the editorial value in publishing something like this? There's no editorial value. It's just attempt to, to milk the Seraphine parasocial relationship a bit more. Like, Seraphine is probably the most interesting release of a champion Riot Games has ever done because of how odd and unique it is when it comes to league champions they're usually released the exact same way there's a teaser maybe there's some story or youtube video put about it and then we get to see the champion abilities but seraphine had a instagram and a twitter profile created in june where she was posting like what she deemed to be selfies but were just drawn pictures trying to you know build a parasocial relationship with her fans and then in august League of Legends players started to make the connection and realize she was a, a going to be League's next champion, and then they started teasing she was going to be a part of KDA and and all of this stuff. But I don't believe it's an ad. Like I don't think Riot paid for it. It's just like it's PR. It's an odd way to to tell Seraphine's story by just asking her questions. Like I did a story about Seraphine for PC Gamer where I got answers from the developers and, and talked about the controversy around her release. I don't like the idea of interviewing fictional characters and framing them in a place that is not a that, that doesn't make it that makes it doesn't make it clear that you're not talking to an actual human being. Like there are people who are, you know, smart enough to, to realize that you can't actually interview a league champion, but there are also people who, who don't feel the same way. I think it's it's odd on a news website that they like uh, put this story out there in this interview. I don't think it's the end of the world. I think Riot tried something new, and I don't think they'll try it again. But you know, if if some if, if Riot pitched me this story, I don't think I would do it personally because it's not a story. It's it's PR fluff, and I've I've done dozens of stories about League, and I don't even know how many interviews I've done with League developers. I I guess I just approach covering League of Legends differently, and can't see asking Seraphine about her clothes and all the fun stuff she's done as being, you know, interesting or newsworthy. But that's just me. You know, yeah, if I were editor for Invent Global and I wanted a story on Seraphine, I mean, I, I don't, it's a little bizarre because it's not like this is unheard of. I mean, the, the band Gorillas, which is also virtual or animated, I mean, they're people, they're actual singers behind those characters. And places like Pitchfork and Rolling Stone have, you know, they haven't interviewed the actual cartoon characters, they go to the band members and interview them and then talk to them about gorillas. I mean, so I, I think that's how I would approach wanting to cover Seraphine, like going to talking to the singers, the creators, um, and just trying to give the fans, you know, some more of this background information. Yeah, that's, that's how I did it. 
Uh, I think interviewing fictional characters is always a prickly situation. Like, look how Borat is going around to all the places, and people are interviewing Borat, even though you know Borat isn't real. Like, how do you... I, I think it's fine, you know? I, th- I think Borat, you know, is, is satire and, and tries to break the mold a little bit and is saying something, rather than an interview with Seraphine, who's like, I am going to be the best pop star ever, even though I'm not real, and I hope people build a parasocial relationship with me. Which, who gives a shit? Like, it's, it's our space. Like, there are people in the esports world who are like, this is kind of weird. But, you know, outside that, you know, the 99.9% of people who play League of Legends don't know this exists. It's, it's just, it's, it's not, it, it made no impact. Maybe. I mean, what has the reaction been online to this Invent Global article? I mean, did it? Well, I mean, what was the, what was the, the last time we spoke about Invent Global? I forget. That interview where they published 10,000 words. Q&A, allowing a guy to, to defend all of his actions without any editing. They make really weird choices. I, I really don't get it. I, I don't get why they do these things or why they publish these things. But more power to them. Like, I, I'd prefer inventive creativity trying to find new ways to break the mold rather than the, you know, the same Dexerto clickbait written 7,000 times. At least, at least it's trying to do something unique. This isn't how I would have approached it. But I don't see it, you know, being the the end of the world and being a, you know, a disgusting affront to journalistic integrity. It it was, you know, a a weird thing that I wouldn't have done. But I also have been playing League for a decade and have a different relationship with the video game after doing, you know, profiles on League of Legends champions for the past half decade. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's it's weird. I don't I don't know how to feel about it. I don't think it's the worst thing I've ever seen. There's so much other horrible horrible stuff going on in the world. And you know, if if Seraphine's interview brought joy to someone, then that's totally all right. But at the same time, you're you have to, you know, be more upfront that this is a fluff piece for an imaginary character and you're trying to build a parasocial relationship. I keep using that word because like VTubers, like all of these fake idols that are created just to milk people's personal opinions on a situation or feelings on a situation. There's not much you can do except just accept it. And uh, this is the world we live in. Maybe the goal was to try to get click traffic. By what you're saying, it didn't like jump to the top of our League of Legends. And it probably even hurt Invent Global kind of their reputation in trying to be this like journalistic outlet when it is publishing things like this. You know, I do want to make a hard pivot to Nairo Nairobi Quezada, the former NRG Super Smash Brothers player um, and really one of the top players in the world, being essentially ejected from the community after allegations came out earlier this year that he was in a sexual relationship with, with Zach, Captain Zach Louth, um, who was a minor at the time of their relationship. You know, once I, we, we, we spoke about this earlier this year, um, quite a few episodes ago, but after this came out, essentially uh, Nairo went completely silent and he was just unheard of, right? I, I believe his Twitter account was deactivated for a little bit um, or then just went completely silent. And somebody on his Discord, I think it was his brother, that just said Nairo is over and then left. Apparently what was happening behind the scenes is that after Energy had dropped him was Nairo was consulting with multiple lawyers and essentially put out a statement earlier this week saying that the allegations made against him by Captain Zack were completely false and that uh, Captain Zack had actually lied about all of them. And that Nairo himself is straight um, and that 
it wasn't that he didn't deny any sexual impropriety, but it, he said it was on the part of Captain Zack and that he's the one who molested him and took advantage of him. Uh, it was a situation when they were at a tournament and essentially Captain Zack needed a place to stay. They couldn't find a hotel room for him. So Nairo essentially begrudgingly allowed him to, according to his uh, statement. And overnight, you know, things uh, happened against his will, and he claimed that he froze up, which is a common, you know, refrain you hear from issues regarding sexual assault. And then the main contention from Captain Zack earlier this year was that, you know, he was sent money and he showed PayPal receipts uh, to try to keep him silent on the situation. But Nairo argues against his claim, saying that in reality, Captain Zack said that he was in desperate need of money and really needed money. Nairo begrudgingly sent him some via PayPal, and then that was used against him as a show of receipt. So Nairo isn't pursuing legal action. I feel that his lawyers probably told him that, hey, you know, he's probably like an 18-year-old kid. He probably has no money. And then to actually go through litigation would be very expensive. But it seems that a lot of the players that essentially had, um, I wouldn't say abandoned is the right word, but said that, you know, Nairo should be left from the community. A lot of these players said that they've read his full 32-page statement and, you know, that they believe uh, Nairo over Captain Zack. Captain Zack, you know, was on a temporary ban from some tournaments, but now is probably on a permanent ban. And it's somewhat likely that Nairo, or maybe decently likely that he'll, he'll be allowed back in to the community. Steven, you've covered a lot of these types of stories before. In terms of kind of the weirdness or the craziness of all of this, where does this stack up? False allegations are always terrible. Uh, the way I approach stories is to believe the victims. And when victims put out fake statements that try to, you know, uh, uh, muddy the waters of, of, you know, potential harm, it, it does a disservice to those who put their lives out there to, you know, really to, to tell stories of them actually experiencing harm. So I, if, if this is as, you know, clear cut as Nairo's statement makes it seem, then this is entirely unfortunate and, and very sad. Um, I, I think there's, I, I don't think you can really rank uh, these sort of situations uh, it's, you know, all terrible and, and all bad, but I'm not entirely sure. Why did, why did Captain Zack make the allegations to begin with? Is there, I, I don't, I, 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 it's hard to keep up with, with all of these, but you know, maybe, maybe he, he did feel that way, but at the same time, like you, was it one of them was 15 at the time? Yeah. It was like, you, you can't like with a minor, it's irrelevant regardless of of the the details of the situation yeah that's it's just a really unfortunate and and nasty uh i'm gonna use trump's words on that uh but what what is happening i'm i'm i i don't understand the the the, the smash community in general has has dealt with a reckoning and uh i it is interesting that that's you know one of the few uh, smash stories that the uh the accused actually managed to speak up and and change the dialogue uh, in a more favorable way for them compared to all of the other, you know, smash accusation stories. When the people post their sides, it just makes them look worse. Mm. You know, I wonder to what extent. So I know Jacob and I, uh, or at least Jacob did, he tried reaching out to Nairo uh, at, at the time of the allegations breaking out and wasn't able to really speak with him. And I wonder to what extent, like, we as reporters maybe failed in reporting this story because, you know, we, when, when Captain Zach you know, published his findings and there was this kind of this whole reckoning, reckoning. I mean, should maybe I or we as, uh, as reporters really started like 
questioning and pursuing these things. And it's like one of the, it's like the hairiness of trying to run after these stories because it could be really difficult to essentially start berating potential victims. And, um, well, you don't berate victims. You allow them the opportunity to tell their story. And if they don't want to tell their story, you don't fucking push. You let things happen. It's not our responsibility to tell these stories if the victims don't want their stories told. You know, especially now considering the whole situation and how muddy it was. You know, it's the people would rather our 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 job is to give people voices when they feel that they are powerless. With social media, that becomes less and less apparent. Now, our on top of you know being able to tell their stories, it's that we can tell them in a more concise, digestible way that people who don't want to read a 30-page Google Doc can decipher and figure out for themselves. I I think covering all of these stories and doing what what needs to be done to to do the research and and properly spend the time, you you realize that you are not the one who's going to solve the whole situation. You know, I mean, it's in, 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 and especially esports reporters, because there are none. Like the, the esports reporting as a thing doesn't really exist. Look at back with Invent Global, like the the same website doesn't really do investigative work. And where else are you putting it? ESPN, you got to make the mouse happy, so you can only do so much. Um, I got canned, so I'm not doing my esports stories anymore. And there really aren't a lot of esports writers that are properly. There aren't any esports writers. Period. You know, the the investigative reporters in the space are all more controversial than the stories they cover, if they are quote unquote investigative. So when it when it comes to like esports reporting, we we need more esports reporters uh, who grew up and didn't just become hobbyists turned LCS aficionados. So I mean, I I. I did my Sky Williams smash story, and that that took me like weeks of research, and, and you know had dozen interviews and putting all the work in, and even then it didn't really make a splash. And now Sky Williams is doing Among Us streams, like it it is this it's just that there's no one really covering the the harms and faults in in these esports spaces. Well, with that somber tone, thank you so much for jumping on, Stephen. Thank you. And that was FTW with Ahmad Khan. If you like the show, please rate, subscribe, and share. For full transcripts, head on over to ftwamad.com. To follow Stephen and all the work he's doing, you can find him at Twitter at IamASarch. To follow me and my writing over at the New York Times, the Washington Post, and elsewhere, find me at Imad on Twitter. With that, we'll catch you guys next week.